0: First I apologize for starting late. I had some of my own uh, academic work I had to do in the morning which is still not finished, but alhamdulillah, I did a little bit, and then I come to you, and later on I will finish it up in the evening or afternoon, inshallah. Next announcement, especially for those who are listening online, is we are actually going to maybe end the workshop early today, because some of the people have to travel, and we want them to do some preparations and get some other advices and meet one another and sit with one another uh, before they make the journey. So we're not going to take it all the way till 6 p.m. like maybe we had originally mentioned. Okay? So, the first thing I want to do is to continue on something that I mentioned yesterday, because I felt that I did it a little bit fast. And it's a very important thing, and it's one of the things I want you to take away and take home, which is the practices. Mm -hmm. So, the one thing which I mentioned just in passing, and I want to spend more time in detail on, is the fard salah, the fara'id. So, we mentioned yesterday some Nawafil. Some extra practices the Qur'an Making istighfar Sending salawat on the Prophet Wasallam, Making some duas from the Qur'an and sunnah Making some askaars from the sunnah Making some extra nawafil salat, salah Trying to do some extra fast Or making zikr of Allah's name from your heart Zikr al-qalbi Trying to remember Allah all the time in your heart Wa kufa kalbi But now I want to talk about the fara'id, wajibat and sunnahs both from Hukukullah and Hukukul Ibad because it's a very important part of Tazkiyah and if a person is only doing some Namashat and they're not improving the quality of their Farid and Wajibat both in Hukukullah and Hukukul Ibad then they cannot really be called a person who is really progressing and becoming closer to Allah SWT so first from the Hukukullah the most important part is our Salah alright from the word of Ibadat and I will talk about some other things also alright so we must become better in our first salah. Now sometimes what happens is, and again this was an example of the hulu I mentioned, a little bit of a person overemphasizing. So they're so concerned with the quality of their zikr, and they're not so concerned with the quality of their first salah. So the right shaykh, the shaykh, you gave me the zikr, I'm not able to feel anything in it. They were also not feeling anything in first salah, but they don't even mention that. They want guidance on how to do zikr kalbi better, because they want to be able to focus and concentrate in their zikr kalbi better. But they never even asked guidance for how to focus and concentrate in their first salah better. Hmm? So that means there was a mistake in the emphasis, hmm? right? So, now this is slightly, the first thing will be slightly different for men and women. And then I will explain if there's anything different. For men, the number one best way you can improve your farz salah is to pray in the masjid. This is the boost. And you know from Sahih Hadith, Sayyidina Rasulullah said that the person who prays in jama'ah is 27 times. Hmm? Now the Hadith says 27 times reward. But the Muaddisiin added another beautiful explanation, that it also means that 27 times the impact. 27 times more kurb to Allah Ta'ala. Because every ibadah is done for tatalub. Every worship is done to bring a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. So 27 times more reward, also 27 times more close you get to Allah Ta'ala when you pray Salat and jama. So that's the number one thing for a man, for their fard salah. Obviously the most important of that is salatul and jama. And so Jummah, we should try to have as much adab of Jummah as we can. If, In other words, if there's any one Salah that you want to come early for, if there's any Salah you want to linger in the Masjid afterward longer for, if there's any part Salah that you want to do some more zikr, or talawat du'a before and after, it's Jummah Salah. <laughs> and especially in Masjid, those who have more time, they should spend more time. Those who are not even getting permission from Basque, they should be making dua to Allah So there's a range of amal that different people may have. Alright? Then for the other salah, because I know for those of you who are living in these European countries, there are not so many masjids, right? So sometimes the masjid is 20-minute drive away. Or maybe it's a 5-minute drive from home, but 30-minute drive from work. So you might not be able to pray all five salah in the masjid. <coughs> what we normally tell people who live in countries like that or places like that uh, is a couple of things. Number one, if possible and when possible, try to move closer to the masjid. Because even more than Muslim countries, in a non-Muslim country, the masjid really is a critical thing for us. Just imagine like if there's a person who is sick and he moves to another country and he knows he needs to go to the clinic every day. Maybe like for example Allah will keep everybody healthy, inshallah. But let's say somebody has to go for dialysis which is a kidney problem, and you have to go, and they circulate your blood. So what will he do? What will she do? She will make sure that, okay, we have to live near the dialysis center, because I need to go every day, right? So everything else is secondary. First thing is I must live near dialysis center. Then we can look at all the other things about the neighborhood, you know, and, and, and decide which dialysis center, or which north, west, east, south of the dialysis center where you want to live. But I have to be near the dialysis center because I have to go every day. In fact, most people go for dialysis actually three, four times a week, not even every day. But still it's a major thing for them. So if they're doing something three, four times a week, and that's important to them, so imagine somebody who ideally is doing it five times a day, how important it is to live near a meditation. Okay? There is an important second consideration, which I will, because you and the women should also, it is the schooling of your children. So that is the second balance, because that's a very important goal in our deen. So, if for some reason, but normally the good Muslim school is near the masjid because Muslims normally collect in a community. But that is an important consideration also in terms of where you live. So, that's the first recommendation. Second, until you can do that, or you're not able to do that, sometimes it might happen for some of us that the masjid is in a very expensive neighborhood. You know, maybe some rasallah or more. Well off Muslims made that masjid in a more expensive area, and we're, you know, not able to afford that area, so we're not able to move near the masjid. As one example, right? If that's the case, then you should try to pray either one or two prayers at least in the masjid. And the most important, number one, is fajr, and number two is isha. Why? Because Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu mentioned in Sahihdeez that that person who prays Fajr and Isha both in Jama'ah is as if they prayed the whole night. Allahu Akbar. I mean, you look, mean, you can't pray the whole night anymore. That was a time, mashallah, when there were Mu'mineen who would pray the whole night. Allahu Akbar. There was a time like that. Now this is Allah Ta'ala in His Zahmah taught the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam how to put it in our reach. Just pray Fajr and Isha both. And then, if they pray only fajr, then they get half the night. But there's nothing for only isha. No mention in hadith about only isha. So then you realize that fajr and isha is best. And then if you have to do just one, then try to do fajr. And really, when you pray fajr salah in the masjid, you will get a lot of barakah. Okay. Let's say there may be somebody who still lives very far away. Right? Says, no, it takes me 30 minutes by train to get to masjid. I can't do it even fajr every day. I can't do isha every day. We say, okay. Do something. Maybe on your day off, make sure you go for Fajr. It's a big thing. Don't underestimate it. Some people don't realize. That, no, I should travel 30 minutes there and Salah is just 10 minutes and 30 minutes back, and they start doing accounting. They become an accountant. So one hour, 10 minutes for one Salah. Hmm? But you will get half the night of worship. <laughs> half the night in Masala, especially in your we're not maybe so much now but in your winter half the night is much more than one hour ten minutes. Hmm? Half the night is maybe masala in these areas six hours, seven hours. Right? So even if you want to do calculation you will still be winning. And as you know we should not be calculating like that. Right? We need that Hadr Salah. We need it more than anything else. Like a person go- again think like medicine. A person goes to see a good doctor They say no he's thirty minutes away. You never think you just say, no, I want the best doctor for my wife. I don't care. It might take me one hour to get there. If I tell you, no, it's one hour train, you have to choose such a good doctor, you have to wait two hours, and they'll take you one hour back. Brother, you're going to spend four hours just to take your wife to doctor. You'll say, well, I don't care. I need to take my wife to a good doctor. So just like that, we need Fajr Salah. We need that Fajr in Jamaah. We need to spend some time in the Masjid. Alright? So this is the number one advice for the men. For the women, right, uh, Sayyidina Rasulullah says a clear hadith. So there can be no thick understanding that sidelines this hadith, right? Because the hadith is agreed upon by everyone. That hadith is that the Prophet said that the best prayer of a woman is in her home, in the innermost room of her home, in the innermost corner or niche of the innermost room of her home. Deep inside, right? So, that's the type of beauty. Like you will find the pearl is deep inside the cave or deep inside the shell. Allah has made some beauties like that. So, the beauty of Salah for a woman lies in it being deeply concealed or deeply embedded. Hmm? So, Allah, that's easy for them. For them to walk into the <laughs> room and corner of the house takes one minute, two minutes. Hmm? So, for them, what they should do is you should have a corner which you dedicate for Salah. The Fuqaha actually mentioned this Masala when they talked about itikaf for a woman. So what they said is a woman cannot do it in the masjid, like the public masjid. So what we should do is we should dedicate some space, might even be just, literally it can be the size of one prayer mat, one Masala in her home, and the term they used for it, And I was literally, I read it again a couple of months ago, just to be sure, I I read it in Arabic myself. Masjid al-bayt. It's her masjid in her house. So you should make a niche corner, maybe some of you might be blessed, it could be a small room. Sometimes some apartments come with a funny small extra room. Make that into your musallah, or your corner, your place of ibadah. And treat it with the same, it's not... The same hukam same legal status as a masjid, but you treat it with the same level of adab. So that's the place where you place your prayer mat, you have some of your Islamic books, whatever. You know, you have your dua book, you sit there, you have children, you call them there. That's your madrasa. that's your maktab at home. So the children also feel that there's a place. Because the children know there's a living room, and there's kitchen, and there's the place where we eat, there's the place where we sleep. They, they, the children, they pick up these things. So these things are important. There's a place where I study. When I get older, my mom, she bought me a desk. So that's important. Now I'm a student, so there's a particular place where I study. So they should feel there's a particular little Mukta madrasa, in their home. And as the woman makes it a habit then of praying there... It will become a place of sukkun and baraka for her. And it will be a place of praying where she will feel closer to Allah when she prays in that corner of the inner room, right? Or, you know, I mean, we can even be flexible if for the sake of the children you might want to make it the living room now because the bedroom may be too small or not have that thing. So generally, what the Prophet mentions it should just be secluded place, quiet place, corner type place. Alright? So this had to do with where to pray where you pray can also improve the quality of our heart salah second is obviously how long you take to pray now you may not be able to do this every prayer, sometimes you have to go because baby is crying, sometimes you have to go you have to get back to work, sometimes you have to go you have to catch a plane, so many times in salah you have to move and that's fine, Allah knows that and is completely permissible willing to finish your salah and go straight back to work or to meeting or to class or to children or to mother or whatever it is Right? But you will find that there will be some times, and I said there will be many times also like that. That when you pray Salah, you don't have any immediate task. You don't have to immediately be somewhere afterwards. So if you don't actually, legitimately, fairly have to be somewhere immediately, you should linger a little bit. Now I will explain this to you. This is a beautiful hadith, and actually also a beautiful way the muhadithin, they explained it. So there's hadith of Nabiya Karim, sallallahu Salatul al-ishraq. And one aspect of that, although it's not required, but is that when you pray Fajr salah, then you stay there. And if you pray ishraq in the same place, you remain seated, and then you pray salat al-ishraq in the same place. That's actually technically the words of the hadith. Although the juror said it's okay if you maybe you got up or... You went to bathroom, and made wuzu again, or maybe you sat for dars, Quran or mashfara and then you came back again to pray shak You will still get the ruhud. but the original words are that you remain seated, right? So other muhaddiths they comment on it and say, why should you remain seated? So they actually say that when a person starts their salah, when they say Allahu Akbar, then immediately Allah Taala starts sending his hidayah his rahmah his nur, his love on them, right? And so that's when it starts. The question is, when does it stop? So, Mohdadi Sain wrote that it doesn't stop when you say salam. So you say first salam, and you turn left, you say second salam. It still continues. It only stops when you get up and you leave. What they call iraz. Hmm? And the jurists actually took a principle from this on what we call al Beah," That if two people are buying and selling, when can the buyer change his mind? They said as long as he's there, he can change his mind. But when he gets up and leaves, that means the contract is completed. So they took that principle from this understanding of Hadith. So as long as the person sits there, so you can now I'll make a simple English. It's like you're in a shower of nur. The shower keeps going even after you sit salam. If you sit there, you make zikr, you sit there, you make dua, you just sit there. When you get up and you move from the place where you did sajda, then the shower stops so that means that any time you have a chance to stay back a little bit after Salah, or sit in your home for the moment a little bit after Salah, you should sit a little bit. And that is the best time for you to now connect this to what we mentioned yesterday. That is the best time to do your nawafil ibadat So if a person says, oh, I recite Quran, but I'm unable to focus. Okay, now I recite Quran at this time. After your Salah, when you're still in the shower of Noor, you say I make Zikr kalbi I can't focus, do your Zikr Kalbi Muraqab at this time, after your Salah, and it's still the Shah of Nur. You see, I recite salawat the receipt from the Prophet. I'm not feeling so much feelings for him. My mind is wandering, do it at this time, etc. etc. Alright? So this is another thing. But another beneficial thing if you have time. All right? Now similarly. So that actually was using your salah to help other Amal. Let's go back to improving the quality of salah. So Similarly, if you come early to Salah, or if you're in the home, before you pray Salah, you sit a little bit. Maybe recite some Quran, make some Dua, do some Zikr. It's a good warm-up exercise. Many times we give the example of your cold countries, so you don't cold start the car. You start the car and you let the engine run for a little bit until that light goes off, right? And then now you know it's warm enough so you can run it, you can drive. Just like that, if you feel... That I was so busy today, or I was under so much pressure, or deadlines, or worry, or sickness, or whatever, and my heart is cold, then warm it up a little bit before you start salah. So, when you say Allahu Akbar, it's turning the key, right? And you start salah. So, before you do that, sit, make some zikr, make some dua, it can help. Ha- and you can do this even for a few moments. It can anywhere from a few moments to a few minutes. It doesn't require a long period of time. The warm up is anywhere from a few moments. A few moments means less than a minute. 30 seconds, right? Few moments to few minutes. Few minutes means under five minutes. Okay? So that's a very short warm-up. But inshallah, you will see it will help you a lot in your salah. Then you go even earlier. When you make wudu, especially if you made wudu right there for that salah, try to make the zikr of Allah Ta'ala when you make wudu. You don't have to recite any particular dua at that time. It's permissible to recite any duas that any ulama shayuk used to make. Right? But, you should try to do wudu as an act of remembrance of Allah SWT. So for example, Sallallahu he said that whenever you do wudu and you pour the water and wash that limb, Allah Taala washes away the sins that you did with that limb. Right? So when you do wudu, you wash your face. So imagine how many sins, sins that you saw with your eyes, sins that you thought with your mind, sins that you said with your tongue. That's maybe like 90% of our sins are one of those three. Either something we saw, something we said, or something we thought, right? Wuzu is taking it away. Hmm? You should feel like that. You know, like sometimes when a person works hard, or maybe it was summer, or there was sweat, and then they feel the face is dirty, right? And then they wash their face with like some soap or, you know, or whatever, or what is it, exfoliating scrub, right? And when they do that, they feel so happy. They say, "My pores are clean." Allahu Akbar. That's how you should feel when you make wudu. That spiritual cleansing took place. Hmm? You should feel like that. That a wudu is exfoliating scrub of sin. Hmm? Allahu Akbar. So don't take wudu and salah because we do it so much we start taking it for granted. Wudu and salah is a bigger zikr than those nawafil zikr I told you yesterday. Wudu and salah is master zikr, major zikr, hmm? and you're gonna do it. Salat to five times a day Wazoo depends Three, four, five times a day Allahu hmm? Akbar And this is not just one time This is every day You should also track this Right Every day you should monitor this Every day you should try to make it better Right And again if you're busy If you can't do every Salah Then one Salah at least try to pray well One Wazoo at least try to pray well Start somewhere Start somewhere Okay Inside the Salah Obviously, one beneficial thing is to understand what you're saying. So try to learn the meanings of Surat al fatiha Try to learn the meanings of at al-Innahi, etc. Right? Try to learn the meanings of everything that you end up saying in Salah. And then some few Ayat al-Qur'an or few Surahs, try to know the meaning. And then when you re- say it in Salah, try to feel the meaning. Outside Salah, try to learn the meaning. Inside Salah, try to feel the meaning. You understand? Right, that will help us also in our salah. Next thing inside salah is to spend a little bit longer in Ruku and Sujud. Don't only don't always only say three times only no or no Sometimes five, sometimes seven, right? You will feel even just increasing it even to five or seven, <laughs> it will change your salah a lot. Otherwise when you go too fast. Then, you, then it becomes too much of a physical exercise. When you go a bit slower, even just a bit slower, right, it becomes more of a spiritual version. So sometimes <coughs> we have to slow ourselves down. Alright? So here, these are a few things about Salah. last thing I, I should mention about Salah is if you ever miss a Salah, is called Dada. Mostly people miss it because of sleep, right? They slept through Fajr, or they came home, like in this time, they came home at night, and they were so tired, they said, let me take a nap, huh?" and I will take a nap, and I will wake up for Isha. And then they convinced themselves even more. I'm so tired, I won't even be able to pray Isha properly now. So better I take a nap, and then I will wake up and I pray Isha fresh. Hmm? But because they were so tired, they can't get up in one and a half hour nap. They were so tired, they needed four to six hours sleep, that's why they were so exhausted. So understand your body also. This is also part of the akal. You must understand your body, your limits, your strengths, your weaknesses, right? And one of the big things in our deen actually like, to understand is your sleep. You have to become a PhD in your own sleep. <laughs> yeah, you must know this about yourself. And if you know this about yourself, that if I'm dead tired, exhausted, I can't wake up after 30-minute power nap. I'm not going to get up after 4 or 5 hours. And pray Isha, even if you think I'll be tired falling asleep in Isha, pray Isha like that, pray sleepy Isha, and go to sleep. Right? And if you say, MashaAllah, I'm a person who is a light sleeper, or I can go to sleep and wake up in half an hour, one hour, one and a half hours, okay, no problem, take your nap and get up and pray Isha fresh. Alright? There. So I was saying that if ever a person misses Salah, what to do? Mostly I was saying it's due to sleep. If you miss a Salah, this you should feel some pain. You should feel some sadness. You should feel like I missed the deadline for the job application. I missed the deadline for the scholarship. I just missed the visa. Oh, I forgot I not understand the rules. I could have gotten the visa. I could have gotten the passport. If only I had known the rule. I missed. The, the, how would you feel if these things happened? Huh? You understand? I missed the flight. I missed the visa. I missed the passport. I missed the exam. I missed the job. I missed this... You would feel sad, right? So just like that, you should feel sad if you miss All right. Salah. Alright? Salah is also flight. That's Salat al Akbar. You missed a flight. Yes, <laughs> So you should feel sad, right? I'll go even further. If you don't feel sad, you say, no, don't feel sad. Right? So then right there is the time you should sit down and make a stick card. There's another way of doing a stighfar. One is to make a stighfar seek Allah's forgiveness when you feel really embarrassed and you have a lot of remorse that you did the sin. Another way to make a stighfar is, I don't feel any remorse. What's the matter with me? I just did the sin and I don't feel sad. Do a stighfar at that moment to make yourself feel sad. Say the words of remorse and regret so you feel remorse and regret. Right? Like when our children fight, what do you do? You tell the one child, go say sorry. He's not sorry. <laughs> He's not sorry at all, right? <laughs> like these four or five-year-old like sons who fight each other. They're not sorry, right? But you make him say the words. Hmm? You better say the words at least. Hmm? And sometimes you will see with the kid. that finally you push him, you push him, you push him and go, oh, I'm sorry, right? There you go. And then actually he starts to actually feel sorry. Hmm? Once he actually says it. He starts actually to feel sorry. So like that, you should make a far. When you say it, you will actually start to feel sorry about missing Fajr Salah. And you can even do that with yourself. Keep saying it until you feel sorry. Keep making a stigfa and thinking about the meaning and feeling until you truly feel sadness and remorse over missing, making Tadana Salah. All right? Take care. So these were some ways to improve our Salah. And so Salah was one example. There are many things that are the farahs from Hukukullah. The other major area is our are behavior, so that I spoke to you about on uh, Friday night, about anger and envy, and tonight, inshallah, 8 p.m., we will talk some more also about some other behavior characteristics that we have to fix, you know, for the sake of our relationship with Allah Ta'ala, and also, obviously, sacred relationship with others. Next is the Hukukullah. about. So, kukul ibad is very important. In the early days, this is who used to be called a Sufi. Who is a Sufi? Today, we think Sufi is the one who does the most ibadah. Sufi is the one whose du'as are accepted. In the early days, Sufi was the one who gets along with everybody. That person was known as Sufi. The one with the best character. The one with the most soft. The one with the best husband. The one with the best wife. The one with the best father. The one with the best mother. That person was known as Sufi. You understand? So what does it mean? Sufi so is just a word in terms of hukukul ibad. So there you should look at the what are your top responsibilities. So basically it's the family. Right? And within the family, spouse and child. Taken up? So be if you're a man, be a better husband. If you're a woman, be a better wife, and either way be a better child to your parents. These are the two things. Be a better spouse. And be a better child And those of us who are older Must have sooner Be a better parent So we can add that also Three things Each one is a whole Course (laughs) The only one I've done Out of these three Is marriage course That's there on the website We have the whole marriage course Download We've been there for many years Alhamdulillah I I think we've been there For six years now Alright So anybody who's married Inshallah Inshallah so, you should listen to that course. Alright? That's basically the best of whatever we could advise you on that issue. Okay? Uh, I don't have any course yet on how to be a good parent or be a good child. My wife does the How to Be a Good Parent for the women. And many times the women tell me to do a good one, How to Be a Good Father for the men. And I tell them I don't want to be monastic because I'm not such a good father myself. So, that's why I don't do that course. I have to leave my children to sit with you people. So, the first thing, I, if I give the course on how to be a good father, the first thing will be, do not travel to meet students and leave your children. You'll be finished. <laughs> and of course, that's it. I give one line course on how to become a good parent. And the rest is between me and my family. Hello, Akbar. Yeah. Okay. And how to be a good child, that is something we have talked about today. It's scattered, but it's there in some different talks on the website. Okay. It's very important. This is as important as improving your restation of Quran, making dua to Allah Ta'ala, making al making salamat. right? Don't think you can do one and neglect the other. Okay, again, now remember what I told you yesterday, a very important thing and I want to show it again here. I told you, I've told you a few words here. Now, I was saying them in Arabic, and I'll repeat them in Arabic English. Yesterday I told you one word, ghuloo. I told you a pair of words, ehtimam and imtazam. And then I told you a pair of words, these things, these are five key words you have to run for everything. So let's look at this again. ghulu means to overemphasize something. To take something beyond where it should go. To exaggerate something. Alright? So here again there are some people who exaggerate. There are some people who in the name of family, they exaggerate that. And then they neglect their ibadah. Shall so Allah has mentioned this in Quran? That do not let your children and your property, homes, etc., distract you from the zikr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. does that, that they are from the people of khasara they are in loss. Hmm? So Allah Taala is teaching us. In another place, Allah Taala said, "That don't let your children and amwal be a fitnah for you." Right? So what is the fitna? This is the fitna. That you might do hulu, you might over-exaggerate. Right? In the name of, okay, now I'm going to give family time, you neglect studying your deen, you neglect making zikr of Allah, you neglect da'wah. Right? And on the other side, there are people who do the other hulu. There are some people who overemphasize their da'wah or their zikr or their ilm, and then they neglect their family. Hmm? So it's important to find a balance where there is no hulu. And that will be different for everyone. So don't look at others. That, okay, that person, he's able to do so much, or she's able to do so much, but her situation might be different than yours. Maybe she has less children. Maybe she has children who are more well-behaved than yours. Maybe she has support if so she has her mom, or sister, or sister-in-law, mother-in-law. There could be so many things, right? So don't look at others. Don't feel sad but, or compare yourself to others. There's no... Purpose. There's no role of that in our deen. Just look at yourself, and look at your own life, and make sure you are doing your deen as well, and make sure you're doing your hukuk ibad as well, and try to find that balance. Okay? The other words were, there's no actually sense of ihtimam and intizam here in this. Itadal and So that again i explained to you in this way of hukuk al-ibad. already did it, you should be balanced and measured between your responsibilities of deen and your responsibilities of home. Ithiyat. Ithiyat means sometimes you should sacrifice each for the other. Both should get a pinch. In other words, sometimes it should be that you sacrifice your deen, extra deen, not for for the sake of family. But does it mean that, oh, you were, you know, you wanted to go to a lecture, but your family is visiting, and they only come, whatever, once every few months. So sometimes you have to sacrifice it. You genuinely, sincerely wanted to go. You had niyat to benefit. You wanted it to bring you closer to Allah Ta'ala, But you have to pinch that and you have to spend time with your family. Sometimes it might be the family is planning a vacation. And they say, we want to come in last ten days of Ramadan so we can spend Ease with you. And you thought, well, last ten days of Ramadan is my major time for me to do Ibadah. So sometimes you have a good understanding with them. You can try with love and gentleness to tell them maybe it's better if you come after Eid. Right? Sometimes you may have to pinch family a little bit. So in both ways you do some ihtiyat. Right? But again, this is also a very delicate thing. Everybody's situation is different. So what I said is not necessarily to be exactly followed by everyone, but I gave you a general thing. You have to look. And that way you'll always pretty much be an itadal If you pinch both some of the time. Right? Okay? So this covered some elements of Hukukalabad, and like I said again, about the character traits of the big as training part of Taschia. So there's a lot of that already on the website, and we gave you one talk before, we will give you another one tonight on that. There's also a very important series of topics, whether it's anger, whether it's lust, whether it's greed, whether it's envy, whether it's pride, etc. Okay? It's a very important teaching. So this, I will just say it, but this is important to learn as well, but we won't do it so much in detail beyond those two talks. All right. So... Now, after having talked about these farays from the hukuk and bad let me now come back to the Nawafah practices that I mentioned yesterday and give you some more detail on some of them. Right? So number one, if you remember, we talked about Tanawati Qur'an. All right. Now how much Quran should a person read? Now, interestingly Allah ta'ala himself has said in Qur'an, Fakra umatayasal min al Quran that you should recite that which you find easy to recite. So that's what we tell the beginner. So beginner is told every day, at least open Qur'an. The the pure beginner, in the bilkul, in English we call novice, pure, preschool, right? Every day you should open Qur'an or Kareem and recite as much as you easily can. That might change for you. Some day it might be one page, some day it might be half a page, some day it might be three pages, right? And watch this. Notice this about yourself. Is you will learn about yourself. What type of? How strong am I? Right? How much can I easily recite? You might find easily recite the three verses and then I don't feel like reciting anymore. I find it difficult. You learn about yourself. And if you learn that about yourself, you should be more worried. You should. I need a lot of help. Hmm? Like the person who comes out of physical therapy is so can I walk and see how many steps you can take and I just take three steps and I say, I need the cane again so you go back to physical therapy (laughs) you gotta go back, you need more therapy (laughs) if you are only do three steps Hmm? so you learn that about yourself okay second stage, right is that recite whatever you can easily and then make mujahada then keep reciting even though you find it difficult (laughs) even though you find it a burden and see how far that can take you how much mujahada can you make so again, the person takes three steps to give me the cane, so the more intense physical therapist, Shaykh is like that, he's just a spiritual therapist, said, so, no, I want you to take two more steps, you can do it. Oh Lord, Mark. gives him the motivation, you can do it, come on, right? And then he takes one more step and says, one more step. He takes one more step and says, okay, I give you the cane. So what was that? Three steps they took easily, two steps they took of mujahada. So, that's the second thing you should. Second stage is recite with mudada. Now, you don't have to do that every day. Again, some days you might recite only what you can do easily. Some days you can do some mudada. Some days you push yourself and see how much mudada you can do. Depends on your time, your availability. Depends on your inclination, your motivation, your inspiration. Okay? If you practice this method, however, then, inshallah, a third stage will start to open gradually. Gradually. Like when Fajr just starts, you get one thread of white light. Like Allah little mentioned, Quran, Imam was reciting also in Fajr Salah. Hmm? One thread of white light. Hmm? So, what will happen? You will get your first opening, which is stage three, which is recite how much you enjoy to recite. First is what you found easy to recite. Second is you struggle, to make Mujazah to recite. Then you will sometimes start enjoying. And then that part is easy. That's easiest. Because when you enjoy, then what is stage three? Recite as much as you enjoy. That's why Sahabat Quran you to pray one, two, three hours. That's why you hear the stories of people that read three Jews a day, five Jews a day, seven Jews a day. Allah hmm? Akbar, those of you who know Musaf, there's another marker called Hizb. One-seventh of Quran, because you have to finish Quran every seven days. So that means about four, four and a half, four to four and a half Jews a day. Well, nobody can do that much mujahada. That's not possible. That's because they enjoy it. You understand? That's the third stage. Okay? So this is clear now about the law to Qur'an. Sometimes for the mujahada part, was why the Mishaykh would mention a particular amount. Because sometimes the person would oh, say, no, how much should I push myself? Like I gave you an example of the physical. They say, take two more steps. If you just lift it up and take as many more steps as you can, and force yourself, the person would be a bit confused. Sometimes you need to give a person a bit of a target, a goal, and then they can do some majaratah. So for that reason, the Messiah used to say, recite this much. Now In earlier times, the Messiah used to train the students to recite one juz a day. But now that's difficult for people. Then we saw, and maybe we saw this in many Messiahs, in the 20th century, they started bringing it down to half a juz. And I'm thinking, <laughs> 21st century, <laughs> right? Then maybe we have to bring it down to quarter juice. So, but we, so we want to keep it there for the nisbat, so we mention all three to you, right? So if you want, second level, majayadah, A, try to push yourself to at least complete one quarter jas. When you can do that regularly, next try to push yourself to complete half a juice, right? When you can do that regularly, the next push yourself to try to complete one jas. All right. At the end, I will mention to you this notion of itadal, how to balance in between and amongst these different ibadat. Because sometimes that becomes a question of a person. I've got 40 minutes. I want to give 40 minutes. But what should I do? You mention tarawat, then you mention dua, and you mention zikr, and you mention istikkar, and you say salawat, and you say zikr kalbi. What if I do? I've only got 40 minutes. That's I'll explain to you at the end. Okay? First, I'm just explaining each one separately. Next thing about tarawad, the Qur'an is that you should, if you haven't yet already, <laughs> if you haven't already, you should improve your tajvid, your ability to recite. You don't have to become a world-class, you need, what we call but you should try to recite a bit better. Because when you recite better, it's easier to recite, and then you will recite more. So the key to unlock recitation is tajweed. For some people whose tajvid is average, for you, all you have to do is recite a lot. Like you will see in Ramadan, if somebody recites more, they will realize that by third, fourth day, they say, well, my recitation is flowing. And they're amazed. But why? Because you just spent three, four days reciting it well. I mean, you start, you're reciting a lot. Kasat So, that makes you recite with flow. Right? So, that's another thing to work on in Quran. All right? Then, finally, about Quran is obviously the meaning. Right? So, the women, many of the Masa already studied to the with my wife online. We have our whole Tafir of Quran in English already there on the website for you. You can listen to that. Or you can learn Tafir the from any other source that you want. But the more you understand Quran while reciting, the more you will find easy to recite, the more you will enjoy the recitation. Alright? So, there's a lot I'm giving you, the whole work. Just think, I'm giving you one year's worth of homework. Right? Like in the school, and I don't know here, but in the summer break, they give the child summer homework. For like two, three months. I'm giving you one year homework right now. All right? Okay. Second, was istighfar. Istikshad, I already mentioned it today, two things. When you already feel remorse or use it to say remorse. Yesha, I mentioned to you that there are many different formulas of istighfar. If I want to just make it simpler... You can begin with one of these two, either Astaghfirullah al-Rabbi min kulli wa atubu or Astaghfirullah azim al illahu al-Hayyu piyum And if you're pressed for time, just say Astaghfirullah. Alright? On this, I think on the website also we have actually a talk more, talk specifically just about Astaghfar and the feelings you should feel when making Astaghfar. So we can refer you to that for more detail. Salawat al also I mentioned yesterday right, uh, about the different sentences, longer, shorter. Let me just talk a little bit about the feelings, and there's a whole talk about this also on the website. Your feelings in Salawat is number one, you want to feel love for the Prophet You're doing it as an act of love. So love needs to be expressed. There's a poetic saying in Urdu, وَوْ Ne جِسْمِ nahi. And they say another thing, So it means, it's not love. That which is not expressed cannot be called true love. Because true love needs to be expressed. And that which is not felt uh, passionately, deeply, intensely, that can also not be called true love, because true love is always intense and passionate. Right? So the question is, how do we express our love for Sayyidina Rasulullah Allah Ta'ala out of his mercy And hidayah for us He gave us the way to do that And that is called Salawat <laughs> hmm? And that beautiful thing in that ayah Is we learn that Allah Ta'ala also expresses His love for the Prophet and through They also express their love The angels, they also express their love Prophet in the same way to salawat. Allah hukma. So that's another mercy of Allah. That Allah not only did you give us a way, humans, to express our love for the Prophet you from your hidayah guided us how to express our love for him the same way that you express your love for him. Allah hukma. It's called salawat on the Nabi ﷺ. Allah salli ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ali Sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallam Alright? Second, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He said that whenever a person sends Salat, Salam on me once Allah, sends, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Salat and Salam on that person ten times So for example, if we recite Salawat Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam A hundred times Allah Ta'ala sends 1,000 salawat on them. 1,000. Hmm? Remember what I did for you in the accounting and the salaw 27 times? This is 1,000 times. Hmm? If you say 100, you need 10 times multiplier effect. <coughs> Allah Akbar <coughs> Kabirah. So if a person was thinking that, then they would probably want to make thousands of salawat. <laughs> Why would you stop at 100? <laughs> when you're getting 10 times. Like hmm? okay, if I told you I'll pay you 10 times your wage. When you work overtime, you say, I will work overtime and I will not stop working overtime. As long as you give me the ten times. <laughs> right? Allah hmm? Akbar. Okay? So it's very important. Now sometimes, I'll also comment on the speed of the zikr. Most, of, most people, but everybody different, you have to see what works best for you. Many people, it's good to start the first few times and say it slowly. So you get into the meaning and the feeling. But once you have the meaning and feeling, you can speed it up a bit. Imam Bukhazaira Matar what a beautiful thing about Salah. And it appears that somebody asked him or he was thinking of this question the should a person recite slowly, more slow or more fast? So he said whatever suits the person. Some people, if they recite too slow, their mind starts to wander. And if they fast, you know, they're in it, they're doing it, and they recite more fast, they are focused on the Salah. Other people, they recite too fast and they forget what they're reciting, and then it's a slowdown. So this is again, this is the, for you to understand, this is the way to think. Whatever works best for you because you're doing it for the goal of zikr. Whatever makes you remember Allah more focused on the more. So that covers your speed of tilawat, istighfar, and salawat. Okay? Fourth thing, was du'as from the Quran and Sunnah. Okay? So I mentioned to you that there are books of these things. What I would suggest you do, I myself did that. Uh, uh, sorry, you proof. Any books, so I don't want you to, because then you'll think you must absolutely get this book, so I will try to hide the cover from you. There can be many books. You know, this is the first book that, because Shaykh took out the book, that's all, we must get that book. The many books, okay? I myself also circled. I went through it and I circled the ones that touched me more. And of course, all the duas touch a person, but I can't make all the duas every day. Because, it, again, like I said at the end, that's it up. Otherwise you could pick one and you could just do it. you could recite thousands of salawat all day and do nothing else. You can make six part thousands a day and do nothing, you can read all the du'as in the Quran, all dua's and then you have time for nothing else. So you should also pick one, two book, whatever internet, however you do it. And whichever du'a you really like. Of course you should like all of them, but it's a natural thing. Something might be more relevant to you or what you're going through in life, or what you're feeling, or what you want to feel. Again, like a same thing with du'a. You might read the dua that oh, I don't feel like this but I want to feel like that. I should feel like that. This is what I should be asking that Allah circle that. So take these books of du'as and circle whichever ones you really, really feel or want to feel the most and try to make those du'as. Okay? So there will be those du'as, some will be from Quran and some will be from Sunnah. There's so many books. Dalai al 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 There's so many books you can find. And the better ones will all Almost all of them have better editions now which have the references. Because that also can be, if you wish, can be part of your selection. Right? Some of the du'as will be from Qur'an. Some of the du'as will be from Sayyidina Sallallahu <laughs> Alaihi Some of the du'as might be from Sahaba, Tabin, Tabay, Some of the du'as might be from some other of the Salihin, Ulama Uliya. All right? Chicken. So you kind of make your own little list of du'as to make from the Qur'an and Sunnah. Okay? Second aspect of du'a is a different type of, it's also from the Sunnah, is those du'as about the particular occasions. Right? There I would say you make a list and start with those things that you do multiple times a day. Okay, for example, eating. So, Mashallah, people do that three to seven times a day. I mean, including any snack, any time you take a drink of water, anything, Right? So three to seven times a day, so this is multiplier effect. So try to learn those du'as before and after eating. Person sleeps one to two times a day, right? Du'a before and after sleeping. Leaving home and entering home is a very important du'a. And a lot of people, I, f- I found, they neglect that one. They do the du'a of eating and sleeping a lot, and bathroom. Entering and leaving bathroom they do a lot, but entering and leaving home they don't do. It's strange. It's just how these things play out in history over time du'a entering and leaving bathroom they do regularly <laughs> and du'a entering leaving home they don't do regularly <laughs> and the du'a those are very beautiful du'as and you will feel a sense of sukur when you leave home and make that du'a that you have deposited in your family in the trust of Allah Taala. you will enjoy it you will feel like I am making luck spiritual luck of Allah SWT on my family children can make it for their parents also it's not just that the parents leave the home that you make it child who goes to school he makes the du'a Allah SWT does his mother and is that not what a son should do for his mother? Hmm? Alright? So start with those du'as that are done repeatedly. As opposed to... You should learn that for the du'a of rain. It doesn't rain every day. So It's wonderful. I want to learn everything. But I'm just telling you that people have to... You have to... That's why I told you you have to have a syllabus, a curriculum. There has to be levels, progression. Start with those du'as that you could actually do many times a day. Another very important doa. So two duas I feel people neglect a lot. are very important. Doa entering and leaving home and doa after azan. Because you should say that five times a day. That I have spoken about many times and it must be on the website. The importance of the doa after azan. All right? Even if you don't hear the azan. Right? If you don't hear it, you may be in a place where you don't hear azan. So simply speaking, before you pray, just make that dua. Right? Because then you would have made the du'a to sunnah time, which is between the adhan and when you pray. Okay? Alright? So, and that's also five times a day. That's something that can be done five times a day. So those sunnah du'as, that can be done multiple times a day. So again, you get the bigger books that have all of them, and again, you circle. Right? We hope, one of the things I want to do, inshallah, but all this will be 2018, I've planned a list of things to write. Those who are my old students know I'm not a writer. You cannot find any booklet, pamphlet, nothing written by me. Nothing. (laughs) Not even a one-page handout. Nothing. (laughs) You have a one-page handout written by me? You can't find it. (laughs) But Barak phd is forcing me to write. (laughs) I stand being trained how to become a writer. So, alhamdulillah, when we finish that, we have to. There's no way you can finish that without having become a writer, because it's a 300-page book. Hmm? So, then we plan to use that writing skill, then to start writing all these things that we talked to you about, inshallah. Okay? Meanwhile, you, circle. So that covers du'as. The four things we covered so far, tilawati, Qur'an, istighfar, salawat, du'as from Qur'an and sunnah. Fifth was the atkār from the sunnah. If you want, I can make this just personally simple for you. I would just tell you to start with one, which is subhanallah wa Bihamdi, subhanallah al hundred times. Sunnah. This is one of the most beloved atkār. And those of you who have ever attended any gatherings in dalum which is known as of Bukhari, because the last hadith of the Sahih of Bukhari is on this beautiful sentence. And the Prophet said that these are two light sentences. Light on the tongue It's a bit easy to say, but they weigh heavy on the scales on the day of judgment. Allah Ta'ala will weigh our deeds. So there's a lot of virtue and merit to this. But that said, you could also go through the bigger books. So I gave you an example, Kitab al-Athqar. If your mom and know in in Arabic, or doing English. And you can go on again, you can circle. Which of the askar you feel you want to do, etc. <coughs> okay? So, five things have been covered. Yesterday I did speak to you in detail, Alhamdulillah, about Maraqabah. About Zikr al-Qalbi. Alright, and I told you the niyat to make in the first stage, if you remember that. The first stage is the sitting. Just being able to sit And that's the struggle in itself To sit with the niya that my spiritual heart My qalb, is repeating The zikr of Allah's name Meaning my kalb is calling My Rabb, Allah, Allah, Allah And just to sit, right I told you, second stage Will be when you're able to sit With ease, and you are sitting Regularly, and you want to try To do that from 10 to 20 minutes so I'll give you the amounts as well when you're able to sit regularly for 20 minutes a day, then you can talk about how to focus on Allah's name. All right? Now I'm going to say a few things for some of the older students. This is because I got some questions on what's that in this past, uh, whatever, 12 hours or 24 hours or whatever it is. So those of you new, this, what I told you is enough you need to know about Morocco. I just one more thing, the numbers. So you start with 300, then 500, then 700, then 1,000. And any point you need guidance, you can ask me along the way for that. But I'm giving you the stages, okay? So first you're sitting with niyat, and during that you're using the suba 300, 500, 700, 1000. Alright? And then inshallah, when you complete this amount of time and this amount of number, then you can ask me for the next thing. For those who are the older students, right? So what I'm about to say specifically for them. Okay. For those who are the older students, and this is something I have said in earlier majellas, but still, I will repeat it. So, as I mentioned, that there are different lessons of Zikr. There's a curriculum of Zikr. So, some people who have been our students for multiple years have received these different lessons. There have been some of our students for multiple years who never received any additional lessons. All right? So, the first thing I want to say about this is that those of you who are older students... I wanted to put the emphasis, like I mentioned to you yesterday, if you might remember, that sometimes a person overemphasizes the additional atkār and did not put so much emphasis on their transmitted atkār. So the first thing that I want the older students to do is what I said today about the Harj Salah, what I said today about the Laot, the Qur'an, Istighfar, retrieve, the from Qur'an and Sunnah, right? Oh, and I I forgot. And and what I I will say next, but should have said now. What I will say next about the noafil Salah and extra fasting. Those are two things I left. for You people should help me. Those you take notes. Those are two things I supposed to do before maraqaabah. And what I'm both saying about. I want first of all the older students to focus on all of that and to write me about that first, while doing the first lesson of maraqaabah as I just mentioned. Then, when they write, and they're able to have good quality and improvement in all of these things, to allow to stick far from Quran, sunnah, askar from sunnah, navas and extra fasting, and they're doing the first lesson well, and they feel that in that first lesson alone of Maraqaba, they're getting the focus and the concentration, then I will tell them how to go back and resume their other lessons. Okay, everybody caught that. The older students. Plus, next thing, if there is one of the older students, and Alhamdulillah, we do have people like that. Huh? There are people like that. Understand? What? Who actually are doing well on these seven things, and they are able to focus in their maraqaba, right? Then what I want them to do is all the lessons that they had ever been given. They should resume doing all of them. All right. And then they can write me and ask me, and then I will tell them the number, let's say, of times to make zikr of Allah's name, or maybe minutes or something, and what they should do. Okay? Because there are a lot people like that. Especially those who were very strong in their zikr and were benefiting a lot from the zikr. But maybe there was some gap that came. So I, they, anybody who is like that must first and foremost regain what they had before trying to get more. That's a very important thing in deen, that if ever Allah Ta'ala out of his gives you any ibadah or any ilm and you feel you lost it, you must immediately, first and foremost, make that loss, a temporary loss, and regain what you have. So for example, the ulama teach people who memorize Quran, that if they forget it. First of all, they must remember it again. If somebody had ilm al-deen, they become rusty. We tell them, go start teaching, or study again, or do something. Don't let yourself get rusty in your ill. If a person was on the path of zikr and at any point in their life was doing well or better than they are now anyway, in their zikr, in their zikr kalbi, in other atkar, other a'mal, then they must first and foremost regain that. Alright? Okay? And they must make the effort to regain that. So this is that was the guidance for the older students. Now, let me make a list for myself, so we have to talk about the Nawafil. Salah, extra fasting. And then the last thing will be the, how to have ratio, proportion, and balance between and amongst these amas when a person has limited time. Okay? Something I did talk about yesterday as well, and I will try to wrap it up today. So, Navasal Salah. Okay, once we did a whole munchess on this topic, and I hope it's somewhere up on the website. I'm also hoping, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I, for many years, really not had anything to do with the website. Uh, but I'm hoping that before Ramadan, I actually sit down with some of the people and try to organize at least one section of it. So that during Ramadan, you people can just go to that section. And that is the properly well-updated one and has some of these things I'm talking about today also. Right? Otherwise, the website has become a big maze that is hard to navigate. Alright? Namas al Here... Again, now to begin at the beginning, so for the person who is the pure beginner, they should start with two rakats, nafil salah. And I would suggest, although this is not in any way required or sunnah, it's just a suggestion, that you start with two salat at Sayyidina Rasulullah mentioned that if a person has done a sin and he wants Allah to forgive him, so you should pray two rakats salah and then make dua to Allah for forgiveness of that sin. Now the Prophet himself did not call it salat at toba he said, "Pray two rakats, nothing extra salah, and make dua to Allah to forgive you for the sin. What well, gave it the label salah to tawbah Okay, all right. The dua you should make is a dua called sayyidul istighfar, which is another date the Prophet that this is the most powerful, most beloved, most potent, most accepted dua by Allah when seeking forgiveness." So once I did a bunch of just on this topic, how which two rakats to pray? So first of toba Then comes another salah al Again the Prophet said that if a person has a need. Can be need of Akhirah, I need Janatal. Can be need of day of judgment. I need you to forgive me on day of judgment. Can be need of deen, I need taqwa, I need hayah, and can be need of dunya. I need this I need stauth, tayyib, right? Okay? that a person should pray two rakats in and they should make dua to Allah SWT in a particular dua and that's also in these types of books in the hadith on the internet Urdu, English, Arabic everything alright third type of salah two rakats salah is called salah to the that you pray when you need that right when you need some guidance or so you're facing a major decision in your life or at a major juncture in your life right and I think all of you know about that one two rakats. And again, is a particular dua spelled on Arabic. You have to always make the duas in Arabic. I just mentioned the English, so you can read along or know the meaning. But the dua has to be made in Arabic. You don't have to memorize it, you can read it. No problem. If anybody has difficulty reading Arabic, they can read in the transliteration. Right? Okay? Alright. Then another type of two rakats, is pure nafil, Not Toba, not Hajj, not Isakhar, just Pure ibadat. Just two rakats, extra salah, because Allah wanted to pray extra salah too. It's another good type of two rakats. Okay? Second point about this of nawafil al is that you should always try to make dua. Don't just pray those two rakats and then say salam and end it, and then leave. Pray two rakats, say salam, end it, and make some dua to Allah Taala Because what we learn from this hadith what was the Prophet training us? Then, when you want to make a special dua to Allah whether to forgive for sin, whether to fulfill a need, whether to ask Allah to guide you for a decision, you should first pray two rakats. So, we learned there's a connection between two rakats and dua, right? And the dua that is offered after two rakats is more makbu'a to Allah Ta'ala. So, therefore, every time you pray two rakats, salah, you should make dua at that time, right? Now that du'a is not from the, the Qur'an sunnah reading ones, that's your own du'a. So that's another aspect of du'a that we had to mention. So, du'a's from the Qur'an, du'a's from the sunnah, and your own du'a. in du'a's from your own heart and tongue. The best time to offer that is after Fard Salah, after Nawafil Salah, after Tilawa, after Zikr al after Zikfar, after every ibadah. It's a time for kabuliyat, or acceptance of the du'a. So try to make it a habit daily also of making du'a from your own heart and tongue. Okay? Waalaikumsalam. And these are the best times to do that. Extra fasting. Alright? Not so much to say, because anyway, very soon you're going to be doing fard fasting, but Shaban is the month where Umar Mu'mineen Sayyidina Aisha narrates that Sayyidina Rasulullah did the most extra fast in the month of Shabbat So the extra fasts are 13, 14, 15 of the lunar month Known as Ayam Bees Because the moon is white Another type of extra fast from the Sunnah Is Mondays and Thursdays Another type of extra fast from the Sunnah is Especially for those who don't go for Hajj The first uh, ashrah of uh, First nine days of Dhul Hijjah be Eid right? First nine days of Dhul Hijjah and there is a lot of discussion on this issue of the 15th of Shaban, But it doesn't really matter, because 13, 14th, 15 every month is considered uh, a sunnah fast. So, 15th of Shaban is no, not unlike any other month. Okay? And another one is the 6th sunnah fast of Shabal. Uh, so, 13, 14th, 15th every month, Monday and Thursday every week, mm. first nine days of hijjah, six days in Shabal. Okay? These are the different transmitted extra fasts from this sunnah. How much do you do? Start with whatever you can. Start with something, but the point is, it should not be empty. Your life should not be empty of extra fasts. Second, do the extra fast sometimes training. For example, if you say, oh, I'm feeling spiritually low. Okay, do an extra fast. And in that extra fast, spend 24 hours... Don't just fast. Design 24 hours that I will pray 100. also, I will fast also, I will do my ibadat also, I will make dua to Allah Ta'ala and I make iftar also, I will try to pray some salah at night also. Alright? Give yourself a 24 hour boost. Like people today, they say, oh I'm not feeling, I'm feeling low physically. So what they do, they take the afternoon off, they take a pill, Tylenol, Panadol, whatever you call it, and they sleep for a couple of hours, they make their favorite herbal tea, they take four to six hours off, right? Why? Because they're feeling a little bit low physically. If you're really sick, just Panadol and tea is not going to help, right? But they felt a little bit low physically, a little bit low. So they took a couple of tablets, they took a couple of hour nap, and they had a cup of herbal tea. So if you're so tuned to your physical cells, that if you're slightly low physically, you can take a few hours off. So if you say I'm feeling low spiritually, you have to take a few hours off. <laughs> Maybe take 24 hours. Make a 24-hour schedule for yourself. Maybe make a few hours afternoon schedule for yourself. Okay, all right. Here I realized one major, uh, 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 major thing I forgot to tell you in the Namaz Salah. Salat al-Tahajjud. Right. Now, tahajjah one way to, the ideal way to pray the hajj. the most ideal way was a salat of bain and no main. But the Prophet was the salat of Dawud, which was the most pleasing to, to Allah But that's way too hard for people to do today. That means you sleep, you wake up for fajr, then you go back to sleep again, and then you wake up for fajr. Allahu <laughs> kubira. Well, the person who needs ten alarms to wake up for fajr. so for this type of 13, they may just have the alarm clock stop. <laughs> right? Okay. Second type of tahajjah is to pray in the last third of the night, before the fajr adhan. If you can't do that, then pray some nawafil before you sleep. If you can't do that, pray some turakats after Isha. If you miss all of that, the next day, after the sun rises, 15 to 20 minutes after the sun rises, up till Zawal, at any time, up till Zawal, all the way, pray turakat basically this is another two rakats you should have Which is tahajjud Or that which can be a Backup for tahajjud Any of the ways of tahajjud Last through the night Before sleeping, after isha Or backup for tahajjud Any two rakats you pray after isha And before zillah Two rakats a day Then if you do that regularly And you always make the Allah Ta'ala grant me the Night tahajjud This is the amal so he said, can you give me some amal in which I pray tahajjud regularly? So the amal is that you always pray two rakats nafil with the niyat of tahajjud or back up for tahajjud and every time you do that you make dua that Allah grant grants you the night tahajjud. Obviously when you're sick or you're traveling or there's some, you know, family or work or study emergency or difficulty, you may not be able to pray it. But otherwise in normal conditions... Right, which most of people's life is actually passing in normal conditions, you should be able to pray it. So last thing now is the balance between all of these things. Alright? Okay, wakufa right, kalbi. Maybe I should explain that a little bit today, because yesterday I just referred you to that talk on the website. Wakufa kalbi means that you always remember Allah SWT with your heart. So now, rather than always, I will give you a way to start from this. Whenever you're most busy, try to remember something. a little bit. So think, today I'm going to do these, these, these things, and this is going to be very busy. So make a note tag, make sure you do zikr while doing that. Because otherwise it's such a busy thing. You'll be so occupied, in you might there's danger. Danger of what you might forget Allah entirely during that act. So you better make a little note there. You better make a note there that while doing it, you should remember the along with that. right? Because I noticed a lot of people were not doing this fukusakami. Because, again, something I mentioned to you yesterday, that, you know, many of the students say this. Some have told me this myself recently in the past few months when I was discussing with them how to guide the people. They said, don't give them, don't tell them. <laughs> just tell them one thing. One shaykh told me, only tell them marakaba. <laughs> I said, just tell them to do marakaba, that's it. If you tell them anything else, they won't be able to do it. They'll get confused. There's so many things to do. Lord, <laughs> it Right? But I noticed that some people in Mukufa Kalmi, they, they heard the concept, but they never even tried it once. They just left it as always, I will do it, and then that's it. But I never even do it for one second. So now we thought, maybe we give you some more guidance on that. So think in your day, what's going to be the most busiest thing? Do Mukufa And second, think what part of your day will be the easiest time to do it. So, for example, if you drive to work, you can say, okay, I'm driving to work, I'm totally free. But because I'm driving, I can't do talawat, to Qur'an, or pray nafal salah. So, when I'm driving to work, I will try to make this practice, exercise. That can I remember Allah Ta'ala in my heart? It's not zikr Allah Allah. Just remember Allah. Feel feelings for Allah. Have thoughts about Allah Ta'ala. Have feeling of shukr for Allah Ta'ala. Have feeling of love for Allah Ta'ala. Imagine Allah Ta'ala eye on me at that moment. Can I remember Allah in my heart and my mind while I'm driving? So pick the one the busiest time of your day and two the easiest time of your day. So I just gave an example, you people would know better what's easiest. A woman might say, I'm washing the dishes at home. Right? Women are saying, Why doesn't he tell the men to wash the dishes at home? Huh? Huh? Okay. So I say, man is washing the dishes at home. And he can think, okay, it's easy time, While I'm washing dishes, my heart can remember Allah But you have to try. You have to try. All right? Okay. Now last thing is the balance between all of these things. Because I am worried because every sheikh told me this. that don't tell them everything. But I did it anyway. I told you everything. A lot of So you to human to But uh, I'm also different. I have my own understanding. So I thought I should tell you everything. Because, you, I, because also it's very important for me that you should see the whole range and the whole spectrum. So, the way I decided to address this issue, which I know is an issue, because we have been teaching students this path and this year for 15 years now. So, I know also, like they know from their experience, that people aren't able to do it. And the more you tell them, the less you do. That this rule, I also know it. And I would tell them, i say, 100% I know, the more you tell them, the less they do. But I also know the less you tell them, it doesn't mean the more they do. <laughs> I also know that. <laughs> yeah. I understand? <laughs> uh, that was sometimes <laughs> You guys are tough guys. <laughs> it's tough to teach people. Ajith, what do you do with a person like that? The more you tell them, the less they do. Okay, then you think, okay, I'll tell them less, the less you tell them, they still don't do they still don't do more. And what do you do with a person like that? Hmm? Allah can be So we decided to tell you all of it, right? and try to come up with some way so you don't do less. Alright? That's why I want to write these things down because it's, you know, it's much easier me if it's written. Right? Aloha, I Maybe I always found it easier in my life to understand things when somebody explained them to me as opposed to reading. Maybe because I was like that myself so that's how I teach as well, Right? Okay. So now what I will go back and I will drop some of these things. So if you say... And you have to be honest with yourself also. Because a lot of people, it's a problem. They come together, they write everything, they make plans, they stick them up, and they don't do it. Right? So if you know that about yourself, that you're a super procrastinator, that you're a great planner, you make brilliant, beautiful plans for what you do, and you always fail to do it, so don't do that in the Don't do that in being. Okay? So if there's somebody, and most people will be like that, that they know I'm going to do all of this every day. Right? I hate to tell you, Shaykh, but it's not going to happen, right? So I'm going to tell you then that you should pick a few things. Number one, I will drop the matter Salah. I will drop, no matter how, the no, Shaykh, what you said about those two accounts, that his son, how can you drop that? <clears> that son <throat> so great. You sound, I said I don't want, uh, because of you I have to drop it. I don't want to drop it, I want you to do all of it. But I know you don't do all of it. Hmm? So I have to give you some... You know, like the people, when they became sick, they became fat. So they had to make Diet Coke. They say, we want you to drink Coke. <laughs> but you can have to drink it. <laughs> so they make Diet Coke for you. Allah <laughs> Akbar. Yeah? So I'm going to, Allah, can you look at these words I'm about to say? I can't even say that word. I'm not going to say it. Allah <laughs> Akbar, But I will make some short uh, summary in three points, zikr for you. So that means you can't do all these seven, eight, nine things that I mentioned. Okay? can't do it initially. So number one, I would say you should recite Quran as little as you can. You should make istikhar as little as you can. You should make salawat as little as you can. And You should make zikr kalbi. Hundred times is very little because it's just one ism jala Allah. It's not even a sentence. Right? It won't get you so far, but if you're just starting, if you do these four things, it will get you in some practice, right? And then what I do feel inshallah will happen, that if you start with just these four things, just these four, Tala, Tikran, little bit, Istikhar, little bit, Salavat, little bit, and a little bit. then, But you do it every day. Then your heart will start getting thirsty for more then your heart will want to do more. And as you want to do more, you start doing more. Then I've given you all the more. I've given you a lot more than is even doable by most people in this day and age on a daily basis. Okay? So if you want to really begin at the beginning, or even if you're doing more, but someday you're very short on time, someday you're pressed on time, what should you do on that day? The day I have my final exam, the day I'm have 16-hour flight, whatever it is. So, these are the four things. Tanavati Quran, Istighfar, Salawat, and Zikr al-Kalbi of Islam Azam, Islam Jalal Allah. Do these four things. Okay? So, that's the minimalist plan. Minimal. Minimal plan. Okay? Because I feel if you only do one thing, then it's not... Uh, it, it won't lead to more. It'll be a dead-end thing. Right? You have to do a little bit... Few things in order for those few things to actually one day, in inshallah, lead to more zikr. So, these are the few things you should begin with. Okay? From the Nawafil, well Obviously, what I said about fard, that's there. Fard salah. I mean that these are two separate discussions, right? Where I said in the beginning about fard Salat that you have to do. That's fard, right? That you have to do. Alright. Probably the older students would ask me this question, that if you have medium time, what should you do? If you have very little time, I give that. thing. If you have the full time, I give that. But if you have medium time, because then which one of these do you do more? Right? So, this, what we have been telling people recently, is that whichever one you feel benefits you more, do that one more when you have more time. Whichever one you find your heart, you might say, I I don't know what benefits me, okay? I can phrase it a different way. Whichever one your heart feels like doing more. So if you have 20 minutes extra today, what does your heart want to do? It wants to do more zikr kalmi, do more zikr kalmi. Your heart wants to recite more Quran, recite more Quran. Your heart wants to pick up those dua books and recite more ones, even the ones you didn't circle. Do that. Whenever your heart wants to do more. Your heart wants to do more davasal. Your heart wants to pray awabin oh, well, that day or pray, you know, eight hundred that day or whatever your heart wants to do more. All right? So for the middle, whatever your heart wants to do more. And then i have given you the full prescription as well. Okay? Well, that covers everything we wanted to tell you on this weekend. So actually we're not going to go all the way to 6 We're going to end now, actually. Those of you who missed any earlier session it's more important that you listen to that that was the full session and then inshallah people have to get ready for their journeys uh, I will just end with a short nasiha and, and that is that actually no matter how much a shaykh can try to teach you no matter how much you might try to read and learn about your deen even no matter how much you might try to make your own ibadah, your own amal, ultimately it's all up to Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that no one of you can ever do their tazkiyah, ever. Wellakinallah is a Q May but Allah Taala is the one who does your tazkiyah, and he does it main yasha whomsoever he wants. So I see all these amal are just an humble attempt by humans to attract Allah Ta'ala's mercy towards us It's not our effort Even if you did the full prescription That's not the cause The full prescription Medium, starting, just near Allah can Become attracted to anyone for so many reasons <laughs> Maybe even failing to do it all And just feeling sad about not doing anything Even that, that, that sadness can attract Allah's mercy Allah yasha It's Allah Ta'ala Who will do this Alright? And that's why that is definitely a dua we should always make that Allah <laughs> ta'ala grant us this qubuliyah, that Allah <laughs> ta'ala guide us on this path of deen, that Allah ta'ala preserve us on the path of deen, that Allah ta'ala protect us from losing anything in deen, that Allah ta'ala protect us from disobeying Him, that He protect us from betraying Him. That's the one core thing, always. And that's why the Messiah used to call this Bayatul Irada. Your Irada must always be for Allah. Iradah means your will, your wish, your desire, your niyyah, your intention, your goal, your purpose. From start to finish, you're doing less, you're doing more. Or oh, you've done brilliant zikr for 10 years, you're big alim. All the time, from start to end of mouth, all the time you have one irada. that's for Allah. Mukhlisin alahu al-deen. Ala al-khalis. That to <for> Allah ta'ala, only He accepts khalis. Sincere, pure deen, you need that which was done exclusively for him. Not for the sake of being more Sufi, not for the sake of succeeding, not for the sake of making Shaykh happy, not for, and not for the sake of making myself happy with myself, that I'm now happy with myself, that I'm strong, or I'm making Tanjad. No other murad except Allah From start to finish, this has to be there. This is the golden thing. As long as a person has this, you can call it clause. You can call it siddh, you can call it talab, you can call it irada. In English, means you can call it sincerity, you can call it truth and honesty, you can call it desire, you can call it love, even. Right? As long as a person has this, then inshallah, we will remain guided by Allah. And anytime we slack or we deviate from this, and we're in danger. If we're not doing it for him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, how can we be guided by him? Subhanahu wa ta'ala. All right? So, ikhlas in our irada. That's the biggest thing. Most important thing throughout. All right? And if you have that, even if you do little zikr, even if you do little khidmat, even if you do little dawat, even if you have little ill, but you have a lot of irada, Hmm? A Lot of irada, and inshallah we can hope that Allah will cast this special mercy on us. Alright? Jazakumullah wa wa Before we end dua, we will make muakad we'll together. This is also something occasionally we make collective silent zikr of the heart. So the method of this is simply you will close your eyes and bow your head and disconnect yourself from the world. And make niyat at the heart of your ruh, your kalb, your spiritual heart is making zikr of Allah ta'ala's name. And then Allah Ta'ala is remembering us as He promised in Qur'an, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ Allah taught us to make zikr of me, I Allah will make zikr of you. So we make niyat of that, and we make niyat that our kalb is calling Allah's name, as if our kalb is silently calling Allah, Allah, Allah. La ilaha illallah, Muhammad, محمد Rasulullah, الله of الله عليه expect us, Maharaja, and the Lord, 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 and the to that. Give us tawfeeq to make Ibadah, Give us tawfeeq to make sikr Give us tawfeeq to fulfill our hukuk Yadim be fulfill the hukuk that others have upon us a be take out every evil in us Take out every flaw in us Take out every mistake in us Take out every sinful feeling in us In Rabbi forgive us for all the sins that we did in the past Take us out from the sins that we are stuck in the present Protect us ever from returning to sin in the future Ya make us people of Talawati Quran Make us people of Istighfar Make us people of Salawat Make us people who offer du'a from the Quran and Sunnah in our own heart and tongue In Rabbi going grant us to make the Zikr of the Anbiya The Zikr of Nabi Akrim, Sallallahu the zikr from His Sunnah, Ya Rabb, Ya Allah, Ya Bikreem. Grant us every path and method of zikr that is acceptable and pleasing to you That will lead us and connect us more to you Grant us your kurb, Ya Bikrim Grant us your raza, Ya Bikrim Draw us near to you, be happy with us, be pleased with us, Ya Bikrim Ya Allah, we ask that you connect our hearts always To the true understanding of the Masayi Haq and the Ulama Hak, Ya Bikrim Keep us always on sirat al-mustaqim Ya Rabbi grant us the ilm of deen Amal on deen Ikhlas in our ilm Ikhlas in our amal Grant us istikama in our khlas Grant us kubuliha Ya Rabb Make us people always of ikhlas in our irada Sidq in our talab Let us always be true to you Loyal to you Loving to you Prevent us Ya Rabb from ever being betraying to you Disloyal to you Ya Rabbi take out the laziness in our heart take out the distance in our heart Make us strong in Deen Steadfast in Deen Firm upon Deen Ya Allah Ya Rabbi Karim Ya Rabbi, Forgive us for all the time That we wasted in our life Forgive us for all the ghafla That we fell in Ya Rabbi Kareem, Grant us qadr of our time Qadr of our life Qadr of our iman Qadr of Quran Qadr of the Sunnah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ya Kareem, Let us respect that qadr Let us value that qadr Ya bikrim We ask that you send your khas Rahmah on us on us especially those Muslims Ya Rabb, who are living in these societies and countries where the deen is absent when the deen is fading where the deen is frowned upon and becomes send your special rahmah upon them preserve their iman and their heart preserve the iman of their children preserve the iman of all of their family and all of their legacy and descendants make it easy for us to find a way Ya Rab to live a life pleasing to you in such an environment to live a life leading to you in such an environment And accept us for Dawat of Deen, Ya Rabb In your control lies everything, Ya Allah You have power over all affairs and all hearts (inaudible) You are Allah kulli shayin qadir Best that you soften the hearts of all of humanity towards Islam Guide the hearts of all of humanity towards Islam Show them the truth of Islam Protect them from the falsehood of propaganda Let Let us be true representatives of Islam True bearers of Islam True followers of Islam True spreaders of Islam when you have given us such a true deen, protect us from being the untrue followers of the true deen make us the true followers of the true Nabi Wasallam, the true followers of the true deen of Islam make us the true slaves of you our are one true and only true Rabb, Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi ask that you send your Rahman, maghfirah on the Ummah so many members of the Ummah are struggling, Ya Rabb they need your Hidayah, Ya Rabb they need your Rahma, Ya Rabb rescue them, Ya Rabb, protect them from from the pitfalls of the dunya protect us from the deceptions of our nafs protect us from the evils of creation make us live our life for akhira ya Rabb make us live our life for deen ya Rabb ya Allah, we ask that you grant us mawt in such a state that you are razi with us ya Allah make us only die when we are razi at mardiya, that we are pleased with you and you are pleased with us ya Allah let him great, we ask that you remove the punishment of the grave that you remove the punishment of the day of judgment that you grant us for those, ya Rabbi Kareem Unite us with the Sindikin, Salihin Ya Allah, ya Kareem Ya ask that you make Yawm A day of success for us A day of falah for us A day of falls for us Ya Rabbi Kareem, ya rabbi ask that you protect us From every shameful act in this world Every lewd act in this world Protect us from every attraction towards Ghahmah Protect us from every attraction towards Mal and dunya Protect us from every attraction to every sin, ya Rabbi kareem. Ya grant Haya in our heart Haya in our tongue Haya in our eyes Haya in our mind Grant us the taqwa of the heart The taqwa of the tongue The taqwa of the eyes And the taqwa of the mind Ya Bikrim grant us the Zikr in our heart And Zikr in our tongue And Zikr in our eyes And Zikr in our mind Ya Bikrim from your nur and hidayah put nur in our heart nur in our tongue nur in our eyes and nur in our mind remove all of the evil in us, Ya Rab, and grant us all the hair of nabi akrim sallallahu ya rab every khair that nabi akrim sallallahu from you grant us every such hair every shudder every evil that he sought refuge in you from ya Rabbi, grant us your very same refuge from all such evil ya rab if ever in the history of the ummah anyone made any du'a that was pleasing to you Ya Rabbi Set all those du'as on our behalf on this day Ya Rabbi Join us with the righteous Salihin, muttaqin, mu'mineen Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem Rabbana ta'kambal minna Innaka anta ul-alim Ya Rabbi, make du'a for those who traveled And those who made khidmah And the guest and the host Both, Ya Accept their love And make it a means of love for you Accept their love And make it a means of attaining your love Ya Rabbi And Ya any dua that anyone has in their heart, honor their silent plea, honor their secret hope, honor the intention with which they came grant us all more than any that we could have imagined grant us according to your sha'an grant us according to your fuzzle grant us according to your karam grant us according to your hidayah and Kareem Rabbana taqambal minna innaka anta salami'ul alim wa tubu alayna innaka anta at rahim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala habibihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajmayeen birahmatika ya arham I right. love mm-hmm. huh. <coughs>